Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. This is going to be the fourth interview with Chris Axelson. And we have another one coming up in the near future. Before we get to that interview, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. Looking for a sewing machine that's both portable and powerful? Look no further than the legendary Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1. Take it to the marina, store it on your boat. The Ultrafeed goes where you go. This high-performing, heavy-duty machine sews both in zigzag and straight stitch. The Ultrafeed can handle your toughest jobs with absolutely zero loss of power or skip stitches. It breezes through up to 10 layers of Sunbrella canvas and 8 layers of Dacron sailcloth. With the most dependable all-metal internal components, the Ultrafeed is a piece of well-engineered machinery that's built to last. Sailrite has been building the Ultrafeed for over 20 years. This tried and true powerhouse machine comes with a 5-year limited warranty and the best customer service in the industry. The machines are assembled, fine-tuned, and tested at Sailrite's manufacturing facility by a team of highly trained technicians. Every machine is calibrated and tested before it's shipped to guarantee both smooth operation and machine quality. Take your sewing skills to the next level with the Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1 sewing machine. All right, I'm back with Chris Axelson. This is uh, our fourth interview. Uh, we just got done talking about him finally getting stamped into Greece so he could travel uh, in Patra through the use of an agent. Uh, so let me ask you a quick, quick question. How much did the agent charge you for all his services? Uh, hang on just a second. Mandy's at the door, and i got to let her in. Okay. I'll be back. So to, to, to stay on the dock, to get electricity and water one night on the dock, and to shepherd our paperwork through was about $800. Okay, so the bulk of that was the, uh, the agent then. So he, he charged you a, a good penny to get finally legally into the country then. Yeah, I would say that they charged a good penny. Yeah, I've I stayed in that marina several times. That's in fact that's a common place where I'll exchange crew is in in Patrick because it's easy to get to, and the marina is not that expensive. So just so you paid a yeah, and you were glad to do it. I take it then. Uh, I it could have been almost any price, and we would have okay. happily paid it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because one it allowed us to continue our trip. In the in the style that we wanted to do it in, two it it allowed me to uh, take the stress off of off of traveling and and uh, and being worried that the coast guard was going to pull you over and somehow bother you. Uh, so yeah, we were we were very happy to pay that. Uh, hang on a second. Yep. Hey Owen, can you get that?
so yeah, that was that was the the gist of it. And and uh, one of the things we we don't really know this, but from our experience, we think those agents uh, they they have um, a symbiotic relationship with the with the the various customs, immigration, port police. Mm-hmm. So they know them. They deal with them every day. You know, they prepare the paperwork so it's all nice and tidy and just needs to be stamped. There's no filling out forms or any of that business going on. And I think that they try to help each other get their jobs done. Yeah. yeah. And, there may be some uh, quid pro quo as it goes along, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that worked out really great for us. And we had a uh, – from there, the, the – the, um, the passage from Patras to the Corinth Canal is, it's a nice passage. And we've had, in some ways, some of the nicest anchorages in Greece were there. But they're spread pretty far apart. Yeah. So. Hey, hey, let, you, me, let me ask you a quick question before we move on that direction. So uh, when you went under the bridge, are they still running the ferries back and forth there? <laughs> yeah they are yeah <laughs> yeah okay that's for the people that don't want to pay the fare for the fee for going across a bridge they still catch a ferry across because i guess it's cheaper than paying the bridge toll okay all right <laughs> yeah all right so from navpacos yeah so let's let's talk about your trip from navpacos did you actually go into the city of navpacos yeah, we did. We anchored outside. We had a really good bite. We got in the dinghy. We went in and had just a just a nice dinner, and uh, uh, then we walked up on the hill, you know, behind there, the the fortress up on the hill there, and uh, that's all that. Uh, what do they call that? Viennese, mm-hmm. Venetian, yeah, Venetian, Venetian uh, fortress up there, and. And just had a really nice evening, and and it's a very happening town. You know, there's there's street after street of restaurants and and cafes and bars, and really nice feeling. And then you've got that little tiny anchorage. Uh, Rod Heichel says you can take a boat in there, but if we came through the entrance there in a Lagoon 450, I I think we might push all the water out of it. It's it's not very big in there. Yeah, I I went in that initially and uh, could not see a spot to tie up, and uh, that was the first time I went through there, and I felt like I was going to touch both sides just going through. That's how narrow that entrance is at the front, but uh, yeah. there was a catamaran tied up in there when I when I went in that, and this was years and years and years ago. And since then, I think the entrance is silted up where I I could not get in. You might be able to get in with the catamaran, but I don't think I could get in because I understand it sealed it up quite a bit since then. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, it does have a nice beach there where you can drop an anchor as long as you have yeah. good weather. Mm-hmm. So then from Nafpactos, we went up to, uh, uh, what is that, Trizon- Trizonia, Trizonia, yeah. Trizonia, Trizonia. And I think we were talking a little bit off offline about about that that is our 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 crew has mixed feelings about it i really like that place but it's very weird Mm -hmm. and and um 
some of our other crew are not so fond of the place because it's very weird. And um, we we were we were we anchored off that town dock there. Okay. And a little bit of a breeze came up, maybe twenty-five to thirty, and we had a really good anchor set. Uh, and then suddenly our boat started moving. We couldn't figure it out at all. And we pulled up the anchor, and it had uh, a couple of healthy hay bales of of grass uh, on the hook there. So we figured it must be. And then we noticed that all the boats, there were two or three other boats around us, and we were all kind of backing up at the same speed. And we were the first one up with our hook. And so we went in and there was a couple of spots left on the dock. We tied up to the dock and everybody else was pulling up these hay bales of seagrass and making their way over to the dock. So we were tied up on the dock there, which ended up costing us nothing because nobody came around to collect a fee. And the reason that's kind of a weird spot is somebody built a really nice marina there and it's kind of abandoned and they're all these they look like freeloaders from all over the world that are tied up there in these boats that are really scary looking i mean they yeah, they're, it, the decks are, and a couple of them have sunk at their anchorage too there's a couple and there's mass poking out of that marina <laughs> and they're just poking out they've been there for years and you're right, people, you know, those boats that are look like der- bum boats, basically derelict boats that are tied up there. Now, I've been in there probably five or six times. I, I'm one of those that like it. So, uh, and I've traveled through there by myself, and there's two docks. There's one that comes out from the, uh, to the right, uh, from the mainland to the right, and then you round that, that's the breakwater, and then there's another one that comes out, out from the, uh, from the west, and I've tied up both on that dock coming out from the right, a couple different places there. And then on the very end of that long uh, spit that comes out uh, from the west, I've tied out right as far as you can get out on that so I could either go forward or backward to get out of there. And that's always a big deal for me when I'm sailing by myself because sometimes it's easier to go forward, sometimes it's easier to go backwards. depends on the wind. Anyway, I was there for about four or five days tied up there. And everybody was running out of water. And if you know that place, there's one place that has a faucet, and it's all the way over on the main shore, uh, straight (laughs) over that. Yeah, you saw that. Well, everybody on that dock that was tied up on that dock, we all got together, and we hooked all of our hoses together, and we ran it all the way over there and filled up everybody's water. Oh, nice, nice plan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I... I believe those people are probably really helpful, but it's sort of depressing to see all of these geriatric boats and geriatric crew on them, and they look like they're trapped by their boat, you know, and they all have for sale signs on them in French and Spanish and yeah, <laughs> they're kind of yeah. sitting in the cockpit with these green tarpaulins over their heads it's just i don't know it's pretty pretty weird scene but i i kind of like it i'm like you franz i i think it's kind of fun so yeah yeah i saw there was an ml ml boat there the last time i was there i wonder if it's still there 
It was a beautiful boat, and it was tied up right to the uh, right as far to the as close to the shore. And I thought, what is a boat like that doing here? Because that's a gorgeous boat that should not be yeah. there, and it looked like it'd been there for the duration for for a year or two. So, yeah, the... I think that boat is still there. Okay, and it doesn't look quite as good as it doesn't look quite as good as when you saw it. But I I, I remember thinking the same thing. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, there's some boats that once upon a time were pretty nice boats that are in there. Um, but they've got, you know, they got a beard that's six inches long. Uh, they got a beard six inches long growing off the bottom of them and they haven't, I don't know if they've been sailing at all. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So you had, so that that's to me, I'm one of those that likes it. I met, um, when I first stayed there with my daughters back in 19, I don't know what, how long ago. It was probably about 2000, just 2000, year 2000. Uh, P, the, Peter Blake had been killed in the Amazon, and his family and friends were bringing his boat through, and they tied up opposite us, and we got to know them. They were taking their boat to uh, Mallorca to be sold. And so we got to mm-hmm. get on his boat and uh, get to know those folks. But uh, that was that was a memory for me, just uh, meeting up uh, with the family of a legend like him anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that being said, when we pulled in there, uh, uh, those folks piled off their boats, took our lines, gave us a hand getting tied up. And, uh, you know, we're just as, just as nice as sailors anywhere in the world. So, um, I suspect that it attracts, it attracts those kind of sailors because I don't know, maybe they don't collect a fee in there any longer. Oh, or they maybe... don't. Now the story I've heard on this, and there's actually about three or four other marinas in Greece that you'll run across. There's another one just North of Chios town on uh, Chios. That's just like this. And my understanding is the EU paid for all of this, uh, all of this uh, heavy construction to build these marinas to try to build up Greece's economy. And all Greece had to do was basically uh, put in some uh, facilities, some toilets, and start collecting fees. And the Greeks never bought, bothered to do that. And so that's why these, this is paid for by EU money, is what my understanding is. And it just never went, they never finished it. They never took it the last 10% of the way to make it a viable pain marina. So what's happened, and this, this is the same on uh, Kios, uh, it's just derelict boats that go in there. and Not derelict boats. I, I love them. I go in there, and it's free, free moorage, and there's always a few free spots, yeah. and I go in and use them. So, but there's a, two of them that I know of, and I think yeah. there's another two or three if you work your way through Greece. So, yeah. Well, so we had we had that, and then uh, then the next the next day uh, we sailed over to Galaxity. Galaxidos, yeah, 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 Galaxy. Yeah, it's- and uh, we left the boat there for a few days. That's another really nice uh, town and a super well protected anchorage in there. Um, you know, you feel like you're inside a Nautilus shell with those turns coming in there. It's really nice. And uh, so we, we left the boat there for three days. And uh, that's when I did the last interview with you. We, we went into Athens and toured Athens and then uh, toured um, 
no, oh, what is it up there? Uh, um, right, right, right near uh, Galaxy. Yeah, De- the Delphi, Delphi, the the, Delphi, the te- yeah. temple at Delphi. Yeah. Now it's Galaxy, yeah. not galaxies, but it's Galaxy. Now you say you Gal- left your boat and went traveling. Yeah. yeah now let me ask you a question on that. They don't have laid moorings there, so you dropped your anchor and backed in there. And yeah. Uh, are you sure you had not crossed another anchor when you went in there? Yeah, we had we had a lot of coaches uh, on shore, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we we had a lot of coaches there, and they kind of knew where the anchors were, and so we were um, we felt pretty good about that. We had about uh, a fifteen to one scope on our anchor, and and uh, had it pulled nice and tight. And so we felt like we had a, we were in a pretty safe situation there and we were snuggled in between, uh, you know, pretty big power boat. And I can't, it was a smaller boat, but we, we felt really good about, about our situation in there. And, uh, our, our coaches on shore, uh, indicated that we hadn't crossed anyone's anchors. So, uh, we went for it. Okay. So, so we rented a car Okay, so yeah, we rented a car, went to Athens, and then, then uh, Delphi, and then uh, uh, came back and and kept going. Okay, so, I, you know, I rented a car and drove up to those. Uh, where was it? North of, um, anywhere where they have the the big monasteries way up on the cliffs. Molos, I think, is the name of it. Something like that. Um, day trip up and back which is kind of fun but yeah how long did it take you to drive into athens from there i'm gonna say it was three and a half okay okay something like that i think three and a half was is about right not not a bad drive and uh uh we got to see the sights along the way Mm -hmm. and and uh kind of get a feel for greater Athens, what that felt like being able to drive in from there. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we, we saw the sites, uh, for I think two days in Athens, which was plenty of time to, to see the things we wanted to see. Uh, so that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a picture on the website of crossed anchors coming out of, uh, galaxy and it's the most tangled web of anchor chain you'll ever see. <laughs> That's why I asked about that. It's a, it was after a major storm had blown through, and everybody was trying to get out, and everybody had crossed anchors. And uh, fortunately, it was dead calm the day they were trying to uh, untangle everything. But uh, but I have uh, I've never left my boat overnight in there. But I think you could. It's a very protected little anchorage there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we felt pretty good, and we we uh, the the fellow that was on the boat next to us uh, agreed to call us if anything happened. So, yeah, okay. we felt we felt pretty secure about that. Yeah, if there's somebody watching uh, it for you, that makes a big difference. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, they had some funky power situation on shore. You know, one of one of the electrical boxes worked and then the the three on either side of it didn't work so there was you know this 
tangle of cords and and uh, plug doublers and all coming out of there. And and uh, when we got back, uh, the the uh, shore power that runs our refrigeration had uh, gone out of whack, and so all of our uh, refrigerated food was. Uh, getting pretty ripe in the refrigerator. So that was one downside, but we, we kind of learned that, uh, shore power in Greece is, a um, uh, an iffy kind of a thing anyway. Um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, or, you know, they tell you they're putting two thirty in, but they've got so many people plugged into it that they're delivering uh two Oh five and things don't run right. And anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So that, so, so then from Galaxity, we thought we would sail down and break that next chunk up into two pieces to get to the Corinth Canal. And so we started out and we sailed and we sailed and we'd sail into these anchorages that are between Galaxity and, and uh, Corinth. And we were staying on the north side of the, of the, um, what do you call that? Yeah, I don't know. The, the north bay. side of the, the the Bay of Corinth, yeah. Yeah, the Bay of Corinth, the north side there. And by the time we got down, getting down towards uh, Corinth, we hadn't found any. I think I lost you. Hold on. Hold on, I'm going to call you back. Okay. There you go. No, you're there. Okay, you came back again. So you you said you're sailing okay. along the north side of the Gulf of Corinth, not the Bay of Corinth, and you're looking for a place. Yeah. Go on from there. Yeah. So we were looking for a place, and and we just we just couldn't find a place that that we were comfortable in, and uh, a bunch of them were too deep for us. Uh, you know those kind of things where you got. 30 meters depth, 20 meters off the shore, and your anchor is going to go straight down. Mm -hmm. I'm losing you again. No, I can, hear, I can hear you. You sound fine to me. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, and so we ended up just digging in, and we sailed that whole way, which ended up being, I think, the way we did it, uh, the long way, uh, it ended up being like a 75 mile day. Um, and, uh, Rod had said that there's a couple of, uh, places over there as you're coming into, uh, uh, Corinth. Uh, but we couldn't find anything that would work for our boat that we were comfortable in. So we ended up sailing all the way into basically where the canal is and uh, got in there just as the sun was going down. You know, I mean, it was basically dark. Mm -hmm. And we came in on the radar and uh, dropped the hook in the in the northeast corner of that bay and spent the night there. Um, and then got up real early in the morning and transited the canal. Okay. So you didn't go into the town of Corinth because there's a little marina in the town of Corinth and you decided not to try to go there. We didn't. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was one of those things where, where we just, we kept saying, okay, well, the next anchorage is 10 miles. We're going to go for that one. And we'd get there and, and the wind wouldn't be right or it'd be rough or, or it's too deep or something. 
And so we just kept poking our way along there. And suddenly it was the end of the day and we came, we came south from that North shore there. We were over there in, uh, I can't remember what it's called, Para, Paralia or something. And we came across there. It was, we were lucky. The wind came out of the east at about 20 knots, and we came screeching south uh, on, a, on a reach at about nine, doing nines and tens. And so we made good ground there. But then we had to power into that northeast corner of that bay, and we were just thankful that it was pretty straightforward, seemed pretty well protected in there for the wind angle coming out of the east there. We spent the night and the next morning we had that great, great, you know, going through the canal is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, I've tried, I've gone back and forth many times across the Gulf of Corinth. And just like you, I've, I've searched for places to anchor on that North Shore. And I did find one place where it was just like you said, deep. So I had to put a anchor out and then I had to run a line ashore. That's the only way I felt comfortable staying there. But as a general rule, I've, I've made it uh, basically it's a straight line from Corinth to Galaxy. That's about the, the closest anchorage I think that is, is a safe anchorage. And I've gone back and looked for stuff over and over and over again and uh, not found anything. Now, I guess there's some marinas on the south side like Kyoto. And uh, like I say, Corinth, I've yeah. stayed a night in Corinth. Uh, but most of those are for pretty small boats. And it's also yeah. usually on the bottom end of the prevailing wind. So I prefer to get farther north so I get the protection of the mountains. So, yeah, I, I've sort of made it a standard operating procedure just to, to go straight from Corinth to Galaxy D and vice versa. And then if you can get there early enough, you can get around the corner um, uh, to what's the name of that town that's right around the corner, Corfos, K-O-R-F-O-S. But uh, where did you go once you well, got through the through the Corinth Canal? Well, you know, we, we, we got through the canal. We had a great time and, and getting through the canal. We followed uh, uh, two or three other boats through the... Uh, Paying the fee there, everybody was so nice, um, and uh, then we we took your advice that you'd given given us the last time we we spoke, and we we went to Corfos just okay. like just as you would recommend it, and that's uh, that was a nice sail over there with the winds the way they were, and we got in there and and had a nice night, and and uh, uh, that was perfect for us. So that was a good tip. And then we went from Corthos to uh, Agena. Okay. Where's Agena? Agena, yeah. It's one island just south of Athens there. It's a big island oh, just yeah. south of Athens. Yeah, Agena. And we, we stayed in uh, Marathonos. Where's that? It's probably the main harbor there, isn't it? There's really only... What is it here? Yeah. Is it the the harbor on the east side or the west side? Well, I don't... I don't know. I'm drawing a blank on this place. Um, 
seems know, like it must have been on on the down at the bottom there. Okay, there's. But a... I'm not. I'm not sure. I. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, there's a there's a that. The first time I went there, when we chartered a boat, before I even owned my own boat, um, that was, we left out of Athens and sailed down to Aegina and went into Aegina Harbor, and it was jam-packed. And it's been jam-packed every time I've gone back there again. Um, because that's where everybody from Athens heads off to. <laughs> that's their weekend getaway, is to go to Aegina or Paros. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... It must have been. I'm trying. It must have been in there that we stayed. I can't see where else it would be. Um, we we did not. We had a little bit of traffic uh, from Athens, uh, but not. It wasn't. There wasn't a lot. It was not. It was not busy. Um, it was busier in in Croatia when we left there than than Greece was. Okay. Um, and, and one of the things that we noticed was Croatia had a really robust, uh, charter business, but it looked like the charter business in Greece was primarily skippered charters. Hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what we saw. We saw mostly skippered, skippered charters and private boats. If you'd spent more time in the Ionians, that's where a lot of the bareboat charters go. But you just pretty much skipped all through the Ionians. So, yeah. And, and then yeah. in the Aegean, uh, there's plenty of bareboats in the Aegean, but you've got to be a level up from your day sailor because of the you have to deal with the Meltimi and you have to, <laughs> and you'll as you probably learned anyway. So, <laughs> continue on. Where did you go from Agina? <laughs> well, I think the thing, Franz, about the Meltimi is, with my sailing background, and, you know, before we went on this trip, for two years before we went on this trip, I had collected all of the cruising guides to this area. And I'd read them, and they talk about the Meltimi, but I honestly could not envision what the Meltimi was inside the framework of my sailing. It just did not – what I thought it was going to be and what it was were two very different things. <laughs> um, the Meltimi is an amazing weather pattern, and it's, it's really incredible, I think. Uh, and those Greeks go out in it no matter what, and they don't seem to think much about going out in it. I mean, we saw those day, day sail, crude day sail kind of things, and they're throwing, you know, these green people on the boats and taking them two hours to a beach someplace, and I could not believe that they would do that, but they did it. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, um, we, we left... We left there and went to uh, Kia. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we went to Kia, and we had an interesting time going to Kia because as we were going uh, to Kia, the we were going up that passage on the on the uh, west side of Kia, mm -hmm. and there was a big tanker uh, that was going up through there, 
and it suddenly stopped in the water and the Greek Coast Guard came alongside and the tanker lowered a crane over and picked a couple of Coast Guard people off the boat. And then they just sat there and slowly drifted back towards uh, uh, Athens and down towards, uh, I don't know what that is down there, down, down south of Athens. And they just were drifting along there. And we watched them as we were sailing up along Kia. And about three hours later, they powered up their engines and they came back up through there. We had no idea what was going on, but they clearly were being inspected for something. Hmm. Did, you uh, go, did you go close to Cape So you knew you would have as the uh, rum line? Yeah. Yep. Okay. We went right by it. Okay. Yep. And uh, uh, we were able to... Uh, uh, with the wind direction we had that day, we were able to do a pretty good job. We couldn't quite fetch uh, uh, the harbor up there, but we got pretty close. Okay. okay. And uh, I think we came in a couple of miles south of it, and then we just powered up and around the corner into into Vokari there. And we anchored. It was the the inner harbor was all full. Uh, there wasn't a seat in the house, so we ended up on the western the Northwestern uh, Anchorage there, which was fine. It was great. Um, they, Rod calls it like a charcoal plant or something like that, a coal filling station or something. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm looking at that. I didn't know that was an anchorage. I've always been able to find a spot to tie up to, but uh, but you didn't. You just dropped your hook. And by the way, what type of anchor do you have? We had a... Uh, uh, a delta plow anchor. Okay. okay. And when I say when I say plow, it wasn't one of these rockna plates. Um, we we weren't very happy with our anchor. Okay. Um, it came on the boat. We got we we played around with replacing the anchor um, because we just we'd had some experiences with it that were were unsettling. Um, and I could see how that Rockna or the, the one that's like it is, I think it's called an ultra or something. I could see how that would be better because that, that Delta that we had was, was a plow in front, but it also had like a plow on the top. Mm -hmm. Whereas that Rockna is flat. So when it gets buried, it's really hard to suck it out. Whereas ours is pyramid shaped and it, almost wants to come out um, if the pole is is enough vertical okay uh, so we weren't we weren't thrilled with it we had to scope it out quite a bit you know four at least four to one in order to feel comfortable with it okay um, yeah All right. what do you have I have a CQR and it's always done me pretty good but I I keep hearing yeah. great things about the Rockna. And if I replace my anchor, yeah. I would replace it with a Rockna. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. I, mean, I think that Rockna sounds like everybody's really happy with it, and I'd probably put more chain on our boat. We we only had uh, uh, about seventy meters of chain on the boat, and I felt that 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 was inadequate, um, a lot. Yeah. So. Well, the how more. Much chain do you, how much chain? Do you, 
I don't do in meters. I've got I've got about 250 feet of um, five sixteenths high test uh, chain on yeah. my boat, and that's that's. I've never felt that I needed more than that, but there's been several times I've used every bit of it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time you run it all the way out, you kind of wonder, well, do I wish I had more, or is this going to be okay? And that's. I guess that's why I felt that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So uh, from uh, Kia, how, how did you stay so there very Kia, long? Did you stay there for a couple days? Uh, let's see. I think Kia was, we spent two nights there. Okay. Mandy went for uh, a, a nice run up to the Chora that's up on the hill there. That's mm -hmm. really sweet. Mm -hmm. um, that's a long run. That, that that's was, not a short run. That's a long ways to get up there. <laughs> Yeah, and she's a pretty good runner. So, uh, yeah, she ran up there. That was the first time with us understanding what those chores are all about. Um, and that was an eye-opener and allowed us to, to really enjoy the islands a lot more. Um, and then and then while she was doing that, I was on the beach with the kids and, and um, uh, playing in the sand there. There's a really nice beach next to the... Uh, down there at the south end. So we did that. And then from there, we went north around Kia and sailed to uh, uh, where is that? Oh, that's Vukari. Hang on. And then we sailed to uh, Kethnos. Uh, and we went into, uh, I'm reading Mandy's handwriting. It looks like Fikrata on Keithnos. Where is that? Oh, Keithnos. Okay. Okay. Keithnos. That's the, that's the South of Kia? Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's that island looks like a moon. There's nothing on that island. It's the strangest landscape yeah. I've ever seen. So, yeah, Keithnos. Yep. Kithnos. And there's really only one anchorage in Kithnos, just around the west side there. Is that where you went? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out now. I don't I don't think that sounds right. Well, there might be one. The only one I've been to is the one on the west side. But it looks to me, if you go over to the east side, there's a couple little hooks in there that look like they would be good anchorages. So I, I've never been into those. So, yeah. We got Mandy's giving me some advice. Oh yeah, this is that place. This place was. This is one of our favorites. Um, there's, there's. Are you looking at it on your Google Earth? Yep, I am. Mm -hmm. There's. If you come down from the top on the the west shore, you get down and there's this little island that's attached by a spit of sand. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the little island goes goes east west that is that was a favorite spot um we anchored in the harbor on the east side okay where there's the coconut yeah oh say so you didn't anchor in that little spit there that bay there you went to the uh to the, up that up that inlet that's exactly where I've, I've anchored in there too so yeah no we anchored we anchored in that little crescent shaped oh okay uh, bay with the okay i didn't go in and there and we were able to anchor anchor right in there next to the beach and 
you know, it was quite a scene uh, with people coming and going and bathing on the beach. And yeah, and then there's a natural hot spring. Have you been to that? No, I didn't, I didn't know there was one there. No. Oh, yes. So if you if you look at the other side, the western anchorage, there's a little crescent-shaped beach. Good night, guys. Um, there's a little crescent-shaped beach, and on Google Earth, there's one boat in it. Yep, I'm looking at it. Do you see uh -huh. that? Mm -hmm. Okay. At the right-hand edge, the eastern edge of that crescent, there's a hot spring that comes out about four feet from the ocean. Oh, cool. And there's a little... There's a little pool there. Our problem was that you have to hike there. It's not a bad hike, but it was about 105 degrees. And so by the time we got to the hot spring, uh, we weren't very interested in it. <laughs> I would have probably put on some fins and just swam there. <laughs> Walked across that peninsula. Yes, and just that would have been there. a better idea, I guarantee you. <laughs> anyway, that... That's one of our kids' favorite places, uh, and we we really enjoyed that. That was that was great. Okay. So, then from then from Keithnos, we went to Syros. Okay. So you're working your way down because when we talked the uh, the last time, I said, "Work your way north. Work your way north. Work your way north." Because the Maltimi will always blow you down. But you're headed south. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, much for my advice. So, no. <laughs> So from Keithnos, we went back uh, northeast. Okay. Uh, because we we could we could fetch Syros <coughs> in our boat. So we went we went around the south end of Keithnos, right. and then we had a northwest wind, and we were able to fetch Syros. So we we were taking your advice. We were struggling to get upwind again, and so. That's we we managed to get ourselves up to uh, up to Syros. Now let's see if I can figure out where we went in there. We went into uh, Ferricus. Is that what it's called? Where is that? Let's see. Ferricus, F-R-I-N-K-A-S. Yeah, there's a harbor there. Yeah, where is that? Oh yeah, there it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we went in there. And uh, uh, that was, um, let's see, we started, where did we end up doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. We anchored, we anchored over on the uh, hard right-hand edge of that harbor. And then uh, we were going to spend another night there and uh, rent a car and tour the island. Uh, but... I didn't. I didn't feel comfortable about where the boat was, and leaving it there. And we couldn't get. Uh, we went to get in a slip at the marina there, a berth, and a uh, a lagoon 450 had pulled out just ahead of us. And so we were going back in to 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 take its spot. And this fellow uh, who was next to that lagoon 450 decided that his boat had become wider and that he needed more room. And so he kind of had his boat cockeyed in there so that we couldn't, we couldn't, he was yelling at us and screaming us off, telling us there was no room in the hotel. Hmm, okay. uh, 
guys, the the marina, you know, the uh, not the port police, but you know how they have these marina managers mm-hmm. there. He was yelling back saying it was fine for us to come in, but um, we we gave up. It didn't look like we would be a welcome neighbor. So yeah, uh, we shoved off, and and then from there. Uh, uh, let's see, where do we go from there? We went to, oh, Renaya. So now, now we're really, I mean, we're, we're doing some Maltimi sailing and, and I have to tell you, we weren't liking it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it was, you know, every day it was blowing 25 to 35 and we were kind of looking at the, weather forecast and trying to pick where the wind was going to be less. And I think we did, you know, as well as could be expected, but the waves are bouncing off those. When you're near those islands, the waves are so uh, hard to figure out, you know, they, they come piling in from the North and they're bouncing off. You feel like you're in a washing machine and it's all exacerbated by being in a cat. Um, and it just so anyway, we we sailed over to Renaya, which is immediately south of Mykonos, and we sailed right into that uh, a narrow narrow spot in there. Uh, not the no, not that narrow spot. Let's see, it's uh, Anchorage called South Bay, and so it's on that. Uh, the passage that you go up next to Delos, it's it's that big harbor that kind of uh, makes the southern part of uh, Renaya look like a set of lungs there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've we sailed all the way yeah. up. Oh, it was great. We went all the way in there, and then and then dropped the anchor in about seven feet of water and. The couple of tour boats that were in there left. We had that place all to ourselves. The wind came around from the south, which you would think would be not so good, but it wasn't much of a wind, and we ended up flopping around, and when we got up, we had about six inches of water underneath us, which was just fine. Thank goodness we were a cat, and we got out of there. But the the tour boat that came in ahead of us ran into that little cove, and if you look closely, you can see where it gets pretty thin, mm-hmm. the water kind of gets gray colored. Mm-hmm. And he, he he ran himself aground and then uh, his crew got out and they lowered the anchor down to him and his crew walked it about 50 feet up through the shallows there and plunked it down in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the sand. And that's where they stood and partied for a couple hours and then off they went. It was a well-oiled machine that they had. I went in so, there when I was there. I was there. It was empty bay. We had the whole thing to ourselves, and we sort of anchored, oh, sort of up and up the up in the middle. And I went for a swim that morning. I had a couple crew members on board, and I just got up and went for a swim with the dinghy. I was towing the dinghy with me, and as I was swimming back to the boat, it was dead calm, and I looked down and I see this big octopus slithering across the uh, bottom and it was about mm, probably about 25 feet deep and I thought hmm do I want to go get that octopus or not 
And I looked around and said, if I let go of the dinghy, it may blow away. But I thought, there's no wind. So I let go of the dinghy, swam down, grabbed this octopus, it slithered up my arm. I had to hold it out as far away from my body as I could. And then I swam back up to the surface, grabbed the painter, and then swam back to the boat and woke up my crew and said, come get me, come get the boat. And that was our octopus dinner that night. So, <laughs> Wow. Did you get the octopus into the dinghy or did you? No, keep no, I, d- I just kept it wrapped around my arm. It was it was all the way up to my <laughs> shoulder. I had to hold my hand out as straight as I could so it couldn't get up to my mask. But I uh, I just held it straight out until I got back to the boat. I had a oh, bunch that's of, a great Ron's. Yeah, I had a couple suction hickeys on my arm, but that was about it. <laughs> so you uh, you did that. Now, did you go up through crazy. Delos? Did you try to get into Delos through the back door there? Well, you know, we had people tell us that uh, go up to Delos and go early in the morning and tie up to the dock and go check out Delos and be out of there by nine and no one will know the difference. But... Uh, uh, we didn't have the courage to do that. So um, we, uh, we, we were trying to get a place in Mykonos and we were there on, uh, let's see, I think it was Sunday, uh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And so the charter boats were still in the, the crew, the captain charter boats were still there. Mm-hmm. And so we we went around the corner. Uh, we went up past Delos and then hooked a hard left and went over, again, staying on Renaya there, went over to that little cove there on the left-hand side. Okay. And, and we, we were going to spend the night there, uh, but we got a phone call from these same people that helped get us in. Uh, they operate out of Mykonos. And they called us and said, hey, there's a slip that just opened up. It was like 7 o'clock at night, and so uh, or maybe 6. So we picked up the anchor and, and uh, went to Mykonos and got into Mykonos as, as the sun was going down and okay. in the marina there. Now, do they have late and mornings there, or is that drop your anchor now? Because when I was there, you had to drop uh, your anchor. Are you talking about the new harbor or the old harbor? Well, it's the new harbor. Yeah, the new harbor. Yeah, they have laid moorings in there now. Okay, because they didn't when I was there before. And there was terrible holding. It was terrible holding. So that's good to know. Yeah, they have they have laid moorings in there and and that that marina is kind of like just scabbed onto the side of the mountain there. And and it's it's pretty exposed and it's laid out so that the fetch comes in, you know, at the north end of the marina there. Well, by the time it gets down to the yachts at the end, I mean, you you got a pretty good chop in that marina. Yeah, it's always and, been a bad marina. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was rough in there. And at this point in time. We're, we're thankful to be in the marina because it's blowing 35 all the time. It's blowing 35 at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's blowing 35. I mean, it may, it may calm down to 20 by 6 a.m., but by 9 o'clock, it's, you know, full of gusto again. Yeah. We were, 
we were, we were not real fans of Mel Timi, I can tell you that. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I think that if you, unless, unless you're a pretty gung-ho sailor, uh, that Mel Timi is, is going to make for a difficult vacation. I don't know what your feelings are, but that's how I see it. Yeah, it's always a tough, it's always a tough sale. Sometimes I'd, some summers are worse than others. And uh, some summers it won't be as bad. Other summers it's every day, all day long, the whole summer. So you never know what you're going to get when you when you sail the Aegean. And it seems to get, yeah. it doesn't seem to be as bad the farther north you go in the Aegean. And... Um, also, when I got over to Turkey, it didn't seem to be quite as bad in Turkey when I spent time in Turkey. So it's that main Kiklatis area that seems to be hit the worst by the Maltimis, in, in my experience. So, Well, that's what, that's what we observed. And we, we kind of, we were getting, at this point in time, you know, we'd been sailing in it for, say, a week or something. And we were kind of getting tired of it. And so we, we plotted a strategy to, to, to try to work our way out of there, which meant we took Santorini off the, the, the list of places to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we took um, Milos off the list of places to go. Uh, and we decided, let's, let's try to, to head over to, to Turkey as best we can here. So we... Uh, after getting pummeled in the Mykonos Marina, when we got a chance, we headed out of there and we went for, uh, where did we go to? We went to, uh, oh yeah, one of our favorite spots, Antiperos. Um, okay. Let's see, where, where the... Okay, where, so where you're where headed straight up? south then. Okay, so you go to Peros then. Yeah, Antiperos yeah, or Peros? Yeah, Antiperos. Have you been in there to that anchorage between Peros and Antiperos? I've sailed through there. I've never anchored there. I've, I've spent lots of time in the harbor at Peros, but and I've never gone actually onto Antiperos. The last time uh, Neil Fletcher and Jack Andrews did one day, and I was running a scooter, so I've never actually been over to Antiperos, just down through that passage between Peros and Antiperos. So, well, we, we, we sailed down there and, and we, we went into that, uh, where, where is it? Okay. We sailed past Antiperos and down at the very bottom is, uh, Despotica, Despotico. Oh, okay. I actually have anchored in that bay there. So that, that, yeah, that's a big bay there. And yeah, I've anchored in that bay. But not up the north end. We love that spot. Okay. Yeah, we we came in from the west side through that little narrow, shallow um, mm-hmm. gut there, and then dropped the hook in about three meters of of water, four meters of water, and it was great swimming. There's that temple that's getting a lot of attention on on shore there, uh, so that was nice to see. And then we took the dinghy all the way out to the east into those caves that are out there. Hmm. I didn't know about those caves. No. Okay. Oh, they're big caves, big, big caves. And, uh, we dinghied around in those and did a little swimming in them. Uh, and that was, that's just a really pretty spot. It's very secure feeling. Uh, I don't think much weather can really 
the seas can't really get in there from any direction. It's it's a great spot. We we really like that. Yeah. Um, and so then the next morning, we woke up to the pea soup fog that would make a Mainer stand proud. I mean, it was thick and rich. And so uh, you couldn't see, you couldn't see a hundred yards. And um, so we, f- we fired up the radar and, you know, this is probably like one of two or three days a year that must be like this. Cause everybody was kind of amazed by it. And uh, then we sailed on the radar for, um, I don't know, until we got down to uh, EOS. Almost the whole way to EOS Hmm. was in the fog. Okay. And it was thick. Yeah. So so we got down to EOS. And uh, let's see. uh, We chose to not anchor in town uh, and instead to uh, anchor over there on the beach uh, okay. in uh, Milan. Uh-huh, yep. I've never, I've been around there on the land, but I've never pulled into that on my boat. So is that a good anchorage over there near the far out beach club? <laughs> Yeah, it's the beach is beautiful. It's a fabulous beach. Uh, we we had some swell that was coming in from the south, so it was uh, a little rocky for us. Uh, the monohulls, it was a lot rocky for them. Um, but but we we liked the beach. It was great for kids. And then we took, uh, from there, we took the uh, public bus up to the Chora. Mm-hmm. And that Chora is, you've been up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, with that church up on the top that looks out. Oh, man, we had, we really liked that place. That was, that was an awesome stop Now, for us. Eos is such a party town. It's a total party island. Is that was it that way well, when you were there? <laughs> no, there was no partying going on. There was no partying going on, huh? No partying going on. Oh no, that's <laughs> I I. You know, we read about these places, and and there was no partying going on in Greece this summer. I guess. Okay. All right. This is the enjoy this summer because it'll never be like this again. I hope so. <laughs> you guys, you guys got lucky in your travels this year. <laughs> well, you know that that uh, beach was one hotel and beach bar uh, after another, all the way along there, and uh, uh, but there was no partying going on, so it was it was pretty peaceful. Oh, count your blessings. There you go. All right. Yeah. Now I've I've stayed uh when I first went in there I actually anchored and you can't do this anymore uh at the very end of that town bay. Now that's the turnaround spot for the ferries, so you can't anchor in there. And now there's another marina right next to the town in that big bay that you can anchor, that you can tie up on but they charge you uh to ch- to tie up there. And then the other place yeah. on EOS that I anchor is a great anchorage right at the very south tip. There's a really nice anchorage down there. 
So those are the places I've been on EOS. Oh, is that is that around the corner on the south side? Yep, right around the corner on the south side. It has a nice beach there, too. Yeah, that looks really nice. Um, yeah, we, we sailed past that the next morning. Um, and that, that place looked like that would have been... Well, that would have had the same exposure that we had uh, to those swells coming in. There, there really wasn't any way to get away from them because we had uh, we had this weird thing with uh, the Meltimi blowing, but then a really strong south swell. Hmm, okay, um, that's strange. It, it just I don't, yeah, strange, strange set of circumstances. Um, so then from there. We sailed up to uh, uh, Shinusa, and let's see. Did we stay in Shinusa? Okay, yeah. Have you been up there? Uh, yeah, I've been there one time, and I went right into that bay, that marina, and walked up the hill to get to the little town there. And uh, yep. and yeah, oh. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was sort of off the beaten path. You didn't have a lot of traffic there. I like that. I went down and spent yeah. some time on that little beach off to the south there. But yeah, I've been there one time. I haven't spent much time in these islands over here. This is one of that, those areas of Greece that I need to spend a little more time on. And I actually interviewed some people that that was where they spent their uh, one-week charter trip was over in these, these little Kiklatis is what they call them over there. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that that's the thing. Like we we were in if you were on a one week charter, you could lose a lot of time to to weather. Uh, you know, we were three days in Mykonos waiting for it to mm -hmm. the anemometer to come out of the 30s. <laughs> you got to be a pretty courageous sailor to to sail in that stuff every day, especially with the seas that they whip up. Well, and that's the problem um, I see all the time with charters is they've got a week charter, or a two-week charter, and they've, you know, they have some severe penalties if they don't get that boat back on time. So they're they're taking risks with their lives to try to get the boat back in these in these conditions, and, and yeah, that's that's the problem with sailing in the Aegean is you don't know this Maltimi could go on for a week, and I've been stuck in port yeah. for a week. So I can, yeah. it's, it's a crap shot if you're going to charter in the, uh, in the Aegean. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember there's some place in here that we went and saw the aircraft that was on the, uh, floor of the Harbor. Have you been in? Oh, that must be, uh, yeah, that's on, uh, uh, what is this island called? Nisos. I have not been there, but I've uh, heard about it. So, yeah, that's a pretty cool thing to do. It's got that. It's that uh, that we went there on our way up to, Shinisa, uh, 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 and that's a that's a a little airplane that that uh, you we imagined all these stories about how it got there. You know, it's shot down by the RAF or something like that. Well, it turns out that little airplane's in about five or six meters of water, and you can see the whole thing. And and uh, it's got a little buoy over it, so it's easy to find and easy to keep your boat off of. 
It turns out a fisherman um, brought it up in a net and dragged it in there in his boat and dropped it off in that harbor. <laughs> That's how it got there. <laughs> okay. But it is, it is, uh, it was shot down um, um, out out off the island someplace. That, according to the story we so saw. So was this a World War II plane then? Yeah, World War II. It's like a, a reconnaissance, okay. single engine reconnaissance. A uh, tiny little thing, you know, it'd be like a little beachcraft or something. Is this on the island of Ericlea? Is that the island you're talking about? Yeah, Ericlea. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it's down on that. It's down on that. Uh, in that anchorage down there on the, uh, what would be the southwest side, all the way at the bottom. Okay. Okay. It's in there. You can see a few boats on Google Earth on it. Southwest. Um, there, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like you see that. that little thing? There's an island right just to the west of it. Yep. And, and according to Google Earth, it's a beach of Alimia, A-L-I-M-I-A, public beach, Alimia public, public beach. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. So let's continue on. We've already gone over another hour. We, maybe we may want to come back and catch up because we haven't got to... Uh, to turkey yet and i don't like to yeah, go much more than... as long as you're game we'll do that um so let's let's uh let's stop it right here and then uh, we'll continue on hold I'll hold on here a second here the website for sailing in the mediterranean and beyond is www.medsailor.com again medsailor.com Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing. Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the f What the f gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it. <laughs> 